Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. It's episode number 199, which we are recording on Sunday, August 11th, 2019. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we're back at UCSC because it's so peaceful and quiet and cool here. We're having another <laughs> little heat wave here in Santa Cruz, but nothing like the rest of the world. So That's true. we're not complaining about it. All right. What are you wearing? I wore a couple times this week. I'm not wearing it today because it's very warm, but I did wear my Magical Thinking, which is a pullover shawl by Casapinka. The Magical Thinking is, like I said, pullover shawl, large cowl, not, a, a, poncho. not a poncho <laughs> per the designer, but we have had a couple of mornings here where it was foggy and it was the perfect light layer to pull on over my t-shirt because I knew that in an hour or two the day would get warmer and I wouldn't need an, an extra layer. So it was perfect for that ex little extra layer in the morning when there's just a little chill in mm -hmm. the air. <laughs> I can, it is I love perfect it. for that. Yes, I, I really enjoyed it. Mine is finally blocked with all the ends woven in. I just Yay. haven't taken pictures of it yet uh -huh. and haven't worn it because, you know, you want to take pictures right. before you wrinkle it. Right. And, <laughs> but it's been a little too warm for pictures, so I will get yeah. on that, though. Okay, so that is Magical Thinking by Casapinka. What are you wearing, Gail? Again, not wearing it at the moment, but this week I have been wearing my boxy and boxy type sweaters because I've kind of made my own resolution that I'm not going to be as slob-like around the house <laughs> that I'm going to make more of an effort to dress in some of the nicer clothes I have. So I've been wearing some of my sundresses and when it's chilly, like Charlene was mentioning, the boxy sweaters over the sundresses is a super, super cute look. So that has led to one thing is the fact that when I reached into my closet to get a gray or black boxy type sweater to wear with my cute little sundress I didn't have one I had a wardrobe malfunction because I don't have the sweater I want in the right color so I'm currently stocking dark charcoal to black yarns because I really want that neutral type neutral of sweater yes. for my wardrobe I understand. yes and one other thing not what am I wearing but what are they wearing I finally brought all of my sweaters that I had culled from my closet to my friends and it was my other best friend Melissa's birthday she turned 50 and there were only four of us who were adults and two Melissa's children who are eighth grade and seventh grade so probably 14 and 13 ish yeah no 12 and 13 because Catherine's about to turn 12 and every single one of my sweaters was adopted Two of the people that, well, none of them were knitters, but two of the women who were there have never been on the receiving end of any of my knitwear before. Mm -hmm. They took sweaters and were absolutely thrilled about That's them. That's so cool. Oh, it was awesome. The kids took sweaters. My featherweight cardigan, which is a Madeline Tosh colors, tart, and I think it's charcoal stripes, big, thick, wide stripes. And her son 
liked it and he's been wearing it and he looks so like little college professor in it. It's <laughs> really, really terrific That's on great. him. And her daughter took, I think, three sweaters and she was wearing one that was in coquette that wow. had tassels on the hood and she looked like a little elf. She was adorable. <laughs> and then one of their roommates who is a knitter was so sad that she missed me. She listens to the podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, because oh, wow. Melissa told her about us. And she said, oh, my gosh, do you guys have any idea how long it takes to knit one of these? Oh, I wish I had been there. So Melissa let her pick one of the sweaters Aww. that she took. So she has one, too. So there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people who ended up with sweaters. So awesome. pretty fabulous giveaway. I yeah, loved it. That is. And what have you been stocking? First up is a sweater called Akko by the designer Ari. And... We've stopped her before. She's the designer of the Hinagiku pullover that we both really mm -hmm. liked, which was a really cute pullover with a circular yoke with a little bit of color in there. Akko is a boxy shaped, slightly oversized pullover, but with lots of little design details that I quite like. It's got a seam on the shoulder, and the seam on the shoulder continues down the sleeve as a faux seam. There's a textured, a patterned texture over part of the front and part of the back, while the sides are just in stockinette. And it looks like the neckline on one side of the sweater is a crew neck while on the other side of the sweater, it's a very, very slight V. Very slight yes. V. And the side with the V has a faux seam that goes down the front. So that very slight V from the neckline continues down the front. And on the pattern page, the designer shows the sweater being worn both ways. So with the rounded neckline to the back and with the rounded neckline to the front, you can wear it either way. And I usually don't care for reversible garments like that because often they make one neck, one of the necklines very plunging. It's a very deep V that you can wear either to the front or to the back. And I don't care for the really plunging V neckline, but this one I would wear. And I really like this sweater. It's just got all those little details that make it look like it would be fun to knit. <laughs> Very fun to knit. And she's also the same designer of the olive cardigan and the olive pullover, which I stocked a while back. That's and I'm right. seriously looking at knitting yeah. in dark colors to fit the wardrobe malfunction of not uh. having <laughs> the right boxy type sweater. Yeah, so that is Akko by designer Airy. And then the second thing I am stocking, and actually this designer has two patterns that I found that I liked. The first one is called Kanyisa, and it is by Noma Endilovu. And I hadn't been on Instagram much in the last month, and so I've been trying to catch up with posts and someone, I can't even remember who, linked a design that was by Noma. And then I followed the link to Noma's Instagram account. And then 
I looked her up on Ravelry, like you do. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's Thorough that rabbit research. hole. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's that rabbit hole. I'm just describing that because this is what happens. Yep. You see something on Instagram, you click a link, you end up here, you click another link, you end up there. And pretty soon you're looking at a designer's whole body of work. And the Kanisa is a top-down open front cardigan with three-quarter sleeves and very slightly cropped and it's just a really cute transitional between seasons kind of garment the skirt if you will of the sweater has little cables on it all the way around and for me it's kind of a bit of a throwback piece because it looks like the style wise it looks like several of the garments that I made when I first started knitting and I just think it is so cute you wear it layered over a t-shirt so the t-shirt is longer than the sweater and it hangs out and you have that layered look which Mm -hmm. I love I love all the layers and it's just a really cute sweater I'm gonna have to check that one out it's really sweet And then she also has a shawl that I really like. It's called the Ruched Shawl Light. And the reason it's called light is because she also has a heavier weight for a a heavier weight version for a heavier yarn. But of course, I prefer the fingering. And it's a crescent shaped shawl with alternating ruching and garter sections. It does not look overly complicated, and it's perfect for two skeins of fingering yarn. So who doesn't have two skeins of fingering (laughs) yarn that they don't know quite what to do with? That might be me. I have several (laughs) of those. But the other thing about this shawl is you could do it. I was thinking about it this morning, actually, while I was in the shower. I was thinking about this shawl. Shower time is such good fantasy knitting time. Fantasy knitting in the shower, yes. So I was thinking about what yarns I would use, and I decided that I could even use two different yarns and use one yarn for each kind of stitch. One yarn for the garter stitch, one yarn for the ruched fabric. And then to take it one step farther, I was thinking, oh, I could even use like a mohair for the ruching part and a fingering weight yarn for the garter stitch part. So now my brain is kind of imploded thinking about all the possibilities. I really, really like this one. So I might, this one might end up cue jacking my cue and and moving to the front of the line that is the ruched shawl light and again both those patterns are by designer noma endilovu and let's see the last thing i am stocking and i know gail is stocking this one too is a new pattern by hohilo gatelli called the storm shawl and the storm shawl, how he calls it, a classic one-skein wonder. But the different thing about this one-skein wonder is that she uses dropped stitches in it. And like I found out when I knit my Sunnydale cowl, when you drop stitches, your fabric gets bigger. So the cool thing about this shawl is though it's only one skein, it's significantly larger than many one skein shawls often 
end up yep. being size wise because of those drop stitches. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's so cute. And it is really cute. She calls it the storm shawl and she knit it in a color a dark gray it's called storm with, the color with, way, yeah. that's tonal and looks very stormy and mysterious and dark so i of course fell in love with it right away <laughs> i may have purchased the pattern right away <laughs> and printed it right away and i have a perfect skein of yarn it's madeline tosh tosh merino light in the deep colorway, which is a beautiful beautiful dark blue that I saw up the Swift Stitch one day and mm -hmm. had to have it. So, okay, I can't leave the store without this yarn in my pocket. And I have never knit with it because as a single skein, I would likely stripe it with something and I'm really worried it's going to run. Mm. So I've never knit with it. But this shawl, this as is a one skein wonder, answer. is going yes. to be in the deep colorway. And it's going to be so pretty. Yes. Can't wait. So since we were both stocking that one, what else are you stocking? Well, like you were stocking a designer, I may have been doing the same thing. <laughs> Petite knits. So many of you have probably heard of the No Frills sweater, which is exactly like it sounds. It's a top-down, crew-neck, raglan-shaped sweater. The unique thing about it, which is no longer that unique, I think she was kind of the forerunner of this, it's fingering with mohair silk lace held together. At least I think that's the combo. That's how I would knit it. I'm pretty mm -hmm. certain that's the combo. And she has a lot of different variations of sweaters that have that same combination. And her newest one that just came out last week is called the September sweater. And it's not available in English yet, but it's the same idea top down raglan, but this one has a brioche tuck stitch. Oh. So it looks like ribbing, I don't know how to do the brioche tuck stitch, but I'm sure I could learn it. But I've been stocking the No Frills sweater for a while. The No Frills cardigan is very similar. It's just plain stockinette, top down, but it has big pockets and it's oversized. So it has a lot of comfiness to it. Yeah. And it's kind of like what I'm doing with Like a Cloud with the increases I'm doing to give it a lot more volume but she has some really really cute patterns she has a lot of cute children's patterns also and I just was stalking all of her stuff and <laughs> you never know no frills might become something that I knit because it's that type of really soothing calm yeah stocking it in mm -hmm. the round forever knitting so yep. you never know we'll see and then another shawl I'm stocking is called Rainbow Wings, and it's by The Knitting Expat. And she put together a little club, pattern club, called the Mini Pattern Club. So basically to use up mini skeins. And Scully Bun Bun, the awesome, fabulous Scully Bun Bun, knit a version of it that is so pretty. She used rainbow-colored minis, and the shawl is a triangular shawl, garter stitch and the way you incorporate the minis is by doing short rows short row wedges is what she calls them so you get stripes of the minis that have bigger wedges so there's stripes on one side of the triangle and bigger wedges on the other side of the triangle and it's so pretty and i have both my rainbow mini skein and i have my rainbow sock blank 
that would work perfectly for that. So I've been looking at that. The pattern doesn't come out for single pattern release because it's part of a club. Okay. It's not available as an individual pattern until later in September. So that's not too long to wait. Exactly. Not too long at all. So really, really pretty pattern rainbow wings by the knitting expat. Every two weeks, a select group of knitters get something special in their inbox. Whether it's a 50% off discount on the latest infinite twist knitting pattern or an early bird notification that coveted one-of-a-kind sweater quantities are in the shop, these knitters find out first. How do you get in on these exclusive goodies? Subscribe to the Infinite Twist newsletter at infinitetwist.com. You'll hear first about the new e-course to kickstart your fall knitting, new patterns to make the most of your stash and scrap yarns, plus gorgeous gradients and our annual clearance sale. Still on the fence? Get any Infinite Twist knitting pattern for free when you subscribe. Visit us at infinitetwist.com today. That's a deal. Yeah. Free pattern for signing up for a newsletter. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. And she has exactly. really cute patterns, too. Yeah, she does. Super cute. She does. From little stuffed animals to garments and the Bifrost scarf, which oh, she is. Yes. I think she's still selling the pattern, but she discontinued selling the kits. And mm. I love mine. So yeah, pretty. Yours is gorgeous. So what have you been knitting? I have been knitting on my Maypop hoodie. I have finished the body of the sweater and in my hands right now, I am working on the I-cord belt, <laughs> <laughs> which is just a long length of I-cord. And I wasn't sure if I would really do this because a long length of I-cord sounds really boring and it sort of is, but it's going to be my podcast knitting. <laughs> Perfect. I'll work on it today and then we'll see how long it takes me to pick it up to work on mm -hmm. it another day. We'll see how far I get. But the Maypop hoodie is a pattern by Susanna Winter. I have been working on it for a while now. It's my, my entry for the Colors of Fall knit along. I knit mine in the dark gray. Oh, what's charcoal. the color? Oh, um, charcoal. Frost. Charcoal, no. Charcoal is the name of the colorway. It's right, but pearl frost or something frost gray. Gray frost, frost gray. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yes. So that's from the Pantone color list for the colors of fall 2019. I have also been working on a second derecho, which is a pullover top by Allison Green, and it's my second one. I'm knitting this version in fingering weight Holstgarn Tides, which is a wool and silk blend. The derecho is a simple pullover with a circular yoke, and there's some garter and yarn over details in the yoke, but nothing that requires a chart. And I just needed an easy project on the needles and I had the tides, wanted to knit something with it. And I really like my derecho top, my first one. So a second one, easy to start. So that's where I'm knitting right now. How about you? What are you knitting? My Maypop hoodie, which I'm also knitting, but in a different yarn, I'm using Woolmai's Lace Garn in the Petit Poison Dark colorway, which I am in love with. Mm. And I separated for the sleeves, so I got through the 
very large amount of knitting required to do all of those raglan increases. It was taking me approximately a half an hour to do front and back of one row. So oh, wow. yeah, it was taking me a long time. It, those rows got really long. Yeah, <laughs> I would say close to 400 stitches on the needle. Really? There were a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I separated for the sleeves yesterday. I'm working on the body. And as Charlene did, I'm going to stop partway through the body when my first skein is done because, Ends, yeah. yeah, I, the Woolmise lace garn skeins are huge, like 1700 plus yards. And my ball winder couldn't handle the whole skein. So I ended up winding it into two skeins. So my first skein's almost done. Then I'll do the sleeves and then I'll come back and finish the body. Good plan. So I have a long way to go, but still <laughs> having finished those long raglan shaping rows was a huge accomplishment. Yes, that is. And I'm also knitting Like a Cloud by Hohi Locatelli. And that one is going really well also. I just finished the first skein of the mohair silk lace from Western Sky Knits. So I'm going to start the sleeves on that today. And same thing, do the sleeves and then finish the body. So making progress on both of those. And in my hands right now, I am crocheting my hydrangea stripe blanket by Lucy of Attic 24. It's so pretty. Yeah, I'm doing grays and pinks because that's the majority of my DK weight leftovers. And I had just joined a few minutes ago, a beautiful hot pink. And as I was crocheting, I was thinking this yarn is so luscious. And then I realized oh, this is the rest of the knitting goddess that Scully Bun Bun sent. And this is not superwash. So mm. I'm trying very carefully not to repeat my mistake from the fiddly bits cowl mm -hmm. and not put a non superwash yarn into this blanket with all the rest superwash yarns and have a big old squishy felted bit in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the Hydrangea Stripe Blanket by Lucy of Attic 24. What have you finished since the last episode? Two very easy projects. The first one is the Cocoon Hat by La Maison Relili. And that one is a simple ribbed hat. And I used leftovers from the previous hat that I had just made in two colors of Malabrigo Mecha. So it was fantastic because I got two hats out of two skeins, Sweet. two two color hats, worked out great. I really like the way this hat worked up. There's one ribbing that's used for the brim of the hat and then a slightly different ribbing that's used for the body of the hat. And the decreases came together really nice at the top. I liked the way that they were, that they lined up in this, in one, one of the star shapes that hats oh, often pretty. end up at the top. But this one just, it looked very cool because of the ribbing. So I was very happy with it. Excellent. That, yeah. Then that's the cocoon hat. And then the second thing I finished was a really simple crochet kitchen scrubby. <laughs> out of basic kitchen cotton. And I started that one day, I think I was at Knitting Guild and I just needed something easy that I could work on because I was doing the presentation that last month and I just needed something easy mm -hmm. and that filled the bill. So easy crochet kitchen scrubby and that's it. You know, there have been, you commented on this the last two episodes about the number of crochet projects that have been in hot right now, mm -hmm. even more late since the last time we recorded. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah it's you great. Know, there was 
yesterday I even saw a, it was a cardigan that had a lace leaf motif at the bottom. And I was going to try to work that into my stocking just because I thought it was so pretty and I completely forgot about it yeah. when I wrote down my show notes. But thank you for reminding me. But yes, absolutely. If you are a crocheter, there has been an influx of very nice crochet patterns on Ravelry. So be sure to check it out and yep. give those crochet designers some love so that they continue to provide us with nice stylish and beautiful crochet patterns and for those of you who have never crocheted i find it to be a lot faster than knitting also i do too just just in case you're interested and if you have any difficulties or pain with your hands it's always nice to diversify and find another craft that causes your movements to change and be different so that you aren't always doing the same repetitive movements as in knitting all the time. Mm -hmm. Crocheting definitely uses different muscles and different hand motions. So it's good for you for that as well. I'm finding as I'm crocheting this blanket right now, and I commented at the yarn store the other day, Suzanne was working and she's a crocheter. And I said, yeah, the the only problem with the idea of it uses different muscles is that I hold my crochet hook like a knitting needle. Oh, yes. (laughs) I bought one of the Addy ergonomic crochet hooks, which are not inexpensive. And if you hold it properly overhand, it's supposed to be ergonomically correct. Only I pinch the narrowest part of it between my thumb and index finger, just like I'm holding a knitting needle. I think I do too. So I think one of the things I should be practicing is holding the holding crochet hook correctly so that I am using I don't know muscles. if there is a correct way. That's I don't true. know if that's actually correct well, <laughs> to say you... that there is a correct way, but I think I hold mine the way you do as well. Well, correct in terms of this ergonomically correct oh, handle the way I'm yeah. holding it and not getting those ergonomic yeah. benefits. Yeah. So. All right. Okay. So have you finished anything? I have. I finished my 5200K to confetti redo. (laughs) I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed by my number of works in progress. And I thought, okay, what's the closest to being done? That's a simple one to get. It was very simple. It seemed like my ball of reclaimed yarn was very large. So I thought this is going to take a really long time. But I finished that in just a couple of days. It nice. was just in the round stockinette with increases and boom, it was done. So I'm super excited about that. It's already been blocked, but the reclaimed yarn is still not as smooth as the original yarn. Oh. So I think I might steam it a little bit yeah. more and see if yeah. I can get it to even up a little bit. But I soaked it for a really long time and I laid it flat to dry and then I put it in the dryer a little bit and still you can see the difference. It's not a really drastic difference, but you can see it. And do you think you'll wear the redone version? Absolutely. I will definitely wear it. I will wear it a lot. I mean, it's totally one of my colors. It's turquoise. No, it was called aqua. Aqua is the colorway name by Western Sky Knits. One of the first sweater quantities I ever bought from (laughs) Kim the first year we met them. So it has sentimental value and I love the confetti shape. I love it's yeah. easy to wear. Mm-hmm. It's comfortable. So it will definitely get a lot of wear. That's and that's great. Confetti by Vera Valimaki. 
And I also finished a second fairy dust cardigan, which is the baby sweater I talked about on the last episode. Yeah. Danny Sunshine is the designer and she's Lioness Arts. And she gifted me the pattern after she heard us talking about it in stalking a couple episodes ago. And I knit one for my friend in France who had a baby girl recently. And I had enough of the yarn, which was also a gift from our friend Cindy, and decided what better charity project is there. Someone gifted me the yarn and the pattern. So I knit another one in the one year size, used up every last inch of the yarn. I think I had about six inches left of the yarn. So I was very pleased. (laughs) And when I looked in my button box, the buttons that match are really cute fabric covered buttons. And the fabric on them is a yellow and white print with little bits of hot pink in it that were a gift from Amy, Amy O. Yokohama. So every bit of the sweater is gift (laughs) stuff. So that makes me feel really happy. That will be a charity sweater and they're just adorable, really quick knits. So I highly recommend that pattern. Fairy Dust by Danny Sunshine. Colors of Fall update time. There are 106 projects and already 16 finished objects. As I was looking through yesterday, there were actually three that I wanted to comment on because they were so darn cute. (laughs) Jody, who is Ansty, A-N-N-S-T-Y, she knit the Cancun boxy lace top. Remember? Oh, yes. You stocked that Mm -hmm. after Knockers 2018, maybe? Super cute top that has... It really is. It's really cool. It's an adorable top. And she did hers in a speckly pink yarn. So, of course, I was attracted by the yarn. (laughs) And she's wearing it over a flowy tulle skirt that I love. I would love to know where you got that skirt, Jody. It's so cute. The whole outfit is just adorable. Love that one a lot. And then Anna, who is single mom power, she knit, this is a horrible pattern name, so I'm sorry, 1908-01 Lena. <laughs> and it, she knit it in a sport bamboo yarn, but it's basically a top with this really pretty lace V shape at the front. And she's wearing it with yoga pants and she's in the lotus position. It's awesome. awesome. Like, that is awesome. That's like (laughs) a sweater you can wear in the practical world. So I love that one. Had to comment on that. And then Among Tall Trees, she knit the Aziz shawl by Amber O'Brien, I'm almost certain. And this is classic. She was wearing it with a t-shirt, jeans, and probably converse tennis shoes they were like super cute tennies it's like again so practical that's the way a lot of us dress and you can totally make it work so (laughs) loved all three of those projects and i loved all of the ones that are done they're cute baby things and just awesome things but those were the three that were like gotta (laughs) talk about them and we wanted to talk about the stash fit workbook from infinite twist So this, I mentioned on the last episode, it is an actual workbook. It's $10. It's a PDF that you download from the Infinite Twist website. And I want to preface this by saying, if we hadn't done the Love Your Stash movement that we've been doing for many years now, the Love Your Stash movement is Basically, you can set goals for yourself for the quarter. There are threads for it in our Ravelry group, and there's a lot of camaraderie and support in the Ravelry group for people who are trying to de-stash slash 
get rid of guilt around their stash. Basically, mm-hmm. get yourself to a stash that you love that doesn't make you feel any negative emotions. And it took me a long time to get there. But right now, <laughs> I am so happy with my stash. I love every single skein of yarn I have. I'd love to knit them all today, but that's just not really going to happen. <laughs> and I'm nodding my head, too, because absolutely, I think it is so freeing is yes. a good word. If you Liberating. can get your stash to a place where you, number one, love it, two, don't harbor any negative feelings or self-doubt about it, perhaps guilt, perhaps uh, financial guilt, perhaps mm-hmm. knitting guilt because you think it should be knit. And Kate, who wrote the Stash Fit workbook, says very similar things. Yes. That moving to a place where you can love your stash and feel good about it is is a, a worthy goal. Absolutely. <laughs> and if we hadn't, if Charlene and I weren't already there, this would have been a far more useful tool for me. It still was useful. But if you are in a place where you're not completely in love with your stash, I recommend this workbook. I do too. It's not something you're going to get through very quickly. It's, she says right up front, it's about an eight and a half hour commitment to sitting through and working through all the exercises. And I think there were 13 exercises. 10 maybe. And it depends how much yarn we're talking That's about true. too. That's absolutely true. It depends on the amount of stash you have mm-hmm. acquired. But each of the exercises is fine-tuned to help you from the very beginning of what do I have? Basically, it starts with what have I knit in the last year that I love? What have I knit in the last year that I don't love? And you rate things and then that takes you to based on the things you've knit that you love, how much yarn have you knit in the last year, which gives you a baseline for how much stash you would reasonably knit in an X amount of year period. I'm not going to give away everything that's in the workbook. So there are, she gives you simple math formulas to use and all sorts of really helpful exercises that you she gives you worksheets that you fill out so you can go into a lot of depth or I didn't go into as much depth on the worksheets because of where I am with my stash. But every exercise is really focused and gives you not just yardage information, but the weight of yarn you're using, the type of garment or accessory you're knitting. And for me, I think I said this the last episode, it really helped me figure out what type of things I should focus on. Mm -hmm. So my flops last year were things that I didn't like the fit. And I think it was because I had a poor match of yarn and pattern. So I couldn't necessarily have known that going in to it, but it was a learning experience to figure out what were my flops and why were they flops. And the other thing I learned about myself is that I have always purchased about 1,200 yards for a sweater quantity, and that's because I used to be smaller and I used to like more fitted sweaters. And now that the styles have changed to be boxier, more positive eased, A-line, and my size has gone up, you need more yarn to knit the patterns you want. So I have a lot of sweater quantities in my stash that probably aren't going to work for the kind of sweaters that I want now because I need more like 1,600 yards now, 
but I can still use those in a striped sweater mm-hmm. or there are many different things I can still yeah. do with them. Yeah. But I really, that was crystal clear to me after I went through the worksheets. It's like, wow, I really need to be aware when I'm buying sweater quantities now that that old number I have in my head from years ago needs to be adjusted. Styles change. Yes. That's something to keep in mind when you are stashing. Styles change. Your likes and dislikes may change. Your body may change shape or size and color preferences change Mm -hmm. as well. Absolutely. So there are all these things that you think through in these exercises. So part of her process and exercises of working through what have you knit, what have you enjoyed, how much yarn did it use, etc. She also tells you to think through what possible life changes are you going to have in the Mm -hmm. next year that will affect your knitting, which is a brilliant question to ask yourself. So her whole, the whole workbook is based on let's figure out how much stash you need to knit for about the next year. So after you've gone through the first exercises, then you start to go through exercises to plan your knitting for the following year. Mm -hmm. And she says right up front, think about this. What is going to happen in your life in the next year? Is it going to help you knit more, knit less and plan accordingly, which I thought was a brilliant addition to the workbook. Mm -hmm. So let's see. And then next, the, so exercise four is called planning your knitting garden. And that is a look at what you want to knit in the next 12 months. So now you figured out what your stash is, how much yarn you have. And she says, jot down from memory what you know you want to knit in the next year. Well, I cheated and I looked at my Ravelry queue I was going to say, this is when the Ravelry queue exactly. comes into play. <laughs> exactly. And I, because I'm already in a place where I love my stash, have almost all the yarn I need to knit the things I most want to knit in the nice. next year. The sweaters that I want to knit, I have the yarn for them, except for my new fascination about a dark olive cardigan. But other than that, I have all the yarn for the things I want to knit. And my new fascination with mohair. Yeah, I've already accumulated some mohair. But anyways, (laughs) and as part of exercise number four, she says, now, actually, this goes into exercise number five, too. Take pictures of all of your stash, have it all out where you can see it, and then have boxes for yes, no, and maybe yarn. And it's kind of the Marie Kondo approach. If you've heard of Marie Kondo, you know, does it spark joy? Kind of the same idea. Is this yarn you know you want in it? It goes in the S box. If you know, oh, I already know I've outgrown that color. I've outgrown that type of yarn, whatever. It goes in no. And then you have your maybes. Your maybes. Yes. The maybe yarn is yarn that has potential. You think it could be something. Or perhaps yarn that has an emotional connection to you. Mm -hmm. Or anything. It could be anything. Yes, it could be anything. But specifically, she did mention those two. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we may have yarn that we picked up at a certain event or yarn that was given to us by someone. And perhaps it wasn't quite suitable for you. But it reminds you of the friend that gave it to you. And so you're hesitant Mm -hmm. to get rid of it. (laughs) I think we've all been there. Yes. So after you've sorted into these three categories, 
Then she starts to talk about matching what you have to what you want to knit. And from there, she goes into what she calls the capacity check. So what can you knit this year based on the previous exercises Mm -hmm. you've done? What do you think you might knit the next year? And then what are you never going to knit? So you've already picked your maybe yarn. And now based on your knitting tendencies, what of that maybe yarn should go into yes and what should go into no? And then she does something really, really cool. She talks about de-stashing yarn or selling yarn. So she has a really big section that teaches you tips, techniques, strategies for here's how you de-stash on Ravelry. Yeah, here's, all, she's got a little plan, which yeah. is very helpful. Yeah, it's not just, okay, now you know all the yarn you right. don't want. <laughs> Good for you. Well, no, she gives you suggestions of what mm-hmm. you can do with it. Places to donate. Um, of course, gifting is always a nice thing to do. Also, mm-hmm. how to sell it if you want to sell it. Exactly. So because she talks several times through the workbook about financial commitments and things like that, your what do they call it? Your sunk cost. I don't think she talks about sunk cost, but basically the idea of I spent X number of dollars on this yarn, therefore I must knit it. But you have to take it a step further. Well, your time is also worth money. So just because you bought the yarn doesn't mean it's going to be worth your time to knit it. If it's not going to bring you joy to knit it, maybe it doesn't matter how much you spent on it. Maybe you can de-stash it and reclaim some of that money to purchase new yarn, Mm -hmm. but is it really, are you going to force yourself to knit with it just because (laughs) you spent money on it? So she spends some time talking about that and it's really helpful because I think we've all been there too. You purchased something that you loved at the time. It wasn't inexpensive and now you don't like it anymore. Well, that doesn't mean you have to keep it. It happens. It happens. So from there, the end of the workbook is about making a yarn album And I didn't go through this step, but her suggestion is, and she has worksheets that you can print and basically cut them apart and make your own literal album with them. She has the steps for how you do it. So you could have a little book basically, and you you note down certain things about the yarn. You can clip a little piece of the yarn to the page, taking pictures of the yarn and attaching the picture of the yarn was another good idea. And basically cataloging what you have and what you can use. And I use Ravelry for that. I was going to say, at this point, I can do that with my Ravelry stash because we've largely been through this process already. So I think for both of us, what we have on Ravelry is reflective of our yarn album. Exactly. So it's an online yarn yarn album (laughs) is basically what it is. But for people who are either one, more tactile, or two, really remember things better if they write it down, or you're going to bring that with you to a yarn store or a festival or anything. So in those cases, it might be super helpful to have your own actual yarn album that you Mm -hmm. can stick in your bag or whatever. So overall, I think it's a great idea. I think for certain times in your stashing life, it's a really great tool. And she also has a Ravelry group where she has a specific thread for stash fit. And then in that case, people have contributed their pre and post stash pictures and things like that and comments about the workbook and what worked and what didn't and things like that. So it's a useful resource if you're going to go through the workbook. 
And then I also noticed on her website, she has a project fit. I don't think that's what it's called. Maybe work fit, workbook, something like that, where you go through your whips. So similar to going through your stash, if you're someone who has a lot of works in progress so that it starts to feel overwhelming, she has the same type of workbook with exercises to help you determine what's worth keeping and finishing, what you may want to rip, what you should give away, maybe what you want to hire someone to finish for you, which is something (laughs) I always forget to mention on the podcast. I actually did that once. I was crocheting a sweater that was intended for Josie and got to parts of it that I just didn't know how to do, lost interest in doing it. It was multicolor. It had lots of different crocheted techniques and I just lost momentum. And then after a few months, I thought, oh my gosh, I could just pay someone to finish it for me and then have an FO because otherwise I'll never finish it. And I did. And both Max and Josie wore that sweater. So yeah, sometimes that's the right way to go. So that is the Stash Fit Workbook by Kate at Infinite Twist. All right. Well, thank you for listening. We hope everyone is enjoying their summertime slash wintertime, depending on where you are. A lot of kids are heading back to school this month. So it's not quite fall, but fall things are Are happening. happening. Yeah. And we've got just over a month. Till the end of the Colors of Fall knit along. And don't forget, please take a picture of yourself. Or it doesn't have to be a picture of yourself. Please take a picture of your finished object in a styled outfit. If you would like to be eligible for prizes. Right. So take a look at the FO thread in our Ravelry group so you can get some ideas of how people have done that. In some cases, they've used a dress form. In some cases, they've just laid things out on a bed In previous years, we've had people who have made collages of the things they would wear with their finished objects. Of course, modeled shots. There are lots of different ways to do it without actually having to model it. So, but that is part of the deal is that we want to see how you style it. Because we just love to see your fall looks. Yes, we do. (laughs) So thank you very much for listening. Next time will be episode 200. It's so exciting. Yes. Happy knitting. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.